you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Wendell Scott. I first met Wendell through something called SAS Academy, which is a coaching program, a community that I go to for support as a software entrepreneur. Before we dive into it, Wendell, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Super excited to be here. Um, hoping I can deliver some value, some hard-hitting uh, tips, some tactical, practical advice for your awesome uh, community here. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about sales today. And just to kind of set it up, uh, I'm going to tell you about how I met Wendell. And then um, Wendell, like when <clears throat> I kind of see you as kind of like a natural, like when I met you, you're nice. You were helpful. Everything you said was spot on. And you're just, you're just like this natural salesperson. And this is a quality that the course creators, the coaches, the WordPress professionals out here could learn a lot from this episode. So just to dial it back, I was on the internet myself with a WordPress LMS plugin business called Lifter LMS. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just trying to increase my sales. I'm trying to increase my conversions. Um, you know, I have this, uh, trial flow that I have, and it's kind of a demo of our product. And I go to the search engine and I type in like software demo template or playbook or something like that. And lo and behold, this YouTube video pops up with Dan Martell. And, uh, he does this thing, some presentation about how to do demos and trials or something. And at the end, he's like, download. I have this free resource, especially for people just like you, software founders um, called the Rocket Demo Builder that will help you build better demos. I was like, I'm in, I opted in, but I didn't get the demo right away. I went to a landing page and I got to to schedule a 15-minute call or something with a, a scale specialist, which is exactly what I was trying to do as a software. Next thing you know, I'm on a like two days later, I'm on a phone call with you. And that's how we met Wendell. Uh, long story short, within three or four days, less than a week, I was inside SAS Academy, which was a significant investment. And uh, that was over a year ago. I've already, I'm continuing on in the program, learning so much, growing, and it's it's been a great investment. In my view, this is how sales is supposed to work. So I wanted to bring in the guy that sold me, Wendell. Take us play by play as a sales professional and like lead gen and how that happened. What was going on there in the beginning? I had a problem and I went to the internet and in less than a week, I'm in a high ticket program. Yeah. Well, <laughs> first and foremost, I want to say I was not a natural when you and I first talked. Um, I think I had the natural ability to just talk to people, but very much so I followed a process. I followed a system. I learned everything I know from essentially getting in the weeds and learning this stuff from some of the best people in the industry. So anybody can learn sales, but I, I do think the root of it does start in being a people person, having great conversations, being able to connect on a human level. But uh, just to walk you through what, what you may have experienced and a lot of our clients tend to experience uh, as they get into our world, 
You know, first and foremost, we build high value content for our perfect audience. We only work with B2B SaaS founders. We don't work with service companies. We don't work with B2C. We don't work with marketplaces. We know who our ideal customers are. Because of that, we can speak to their biggest pain points. So Dan will do that. He will create high value content that speaks to your pain points of your perfect customers. Hint, hint, if you need to figure out those pain points, you pick up a phone. You talk to some of your customers today. You ask them questions like, what is difficult about what you do? What's challenging? They'll tell you all the information you need to know. Um, but oftentimes, there's a call to action. So in our funnel, you must have found one of the sales pieces of content. And that means the next call to action for that is the Rocket Demo Builder, which is how to give a better sales pitch, sales demo for software founders. This is a free download. So we say it's like you never want to ask for marriage on the first date. Same thing when it comes to lead generation. You never want to just try to get somebody to book a demo or book a trial without really understanding who you are, what you do, and how you can help them. So like I said, we build high-value content. We always get people to download some free resource, and we call this chocolate broccoli. Everybody wants the chocolate. They need the broccoli. So we're giving them a little piece of chocolate. Here's a quick win. Here's a, a demo, you know, Rocket Demo Builder. Download this. Give us your email address. Now you're on our email list. There's always a call to action at the end. Hey, do you need even more help with sales conversions? Let's hop on a quick call. Let's do a growth audit. We'll figure out what's broken in your business, what isn't, isn't working. We'll together come up with a three-step action plan to help you overcome those challenges. Um, that's a little bit about our funnel. And, and essentially, the next step is always to hop on a demo with us. So that's a little bit about what happens prior to the sales call. And it's all about giving value. That's awesome. Well, once we're on the sales call and there's a conversation that's about to happen and you have a prospect who maybe they're a little nervous and they don't want to be sold to, or, you know, they don't know if they can trust you yet, but the content was good. So we got, we got a little leeway here. We're, we're headed in the right direction. What happens on a sales call? Cause I think people have a lot of misconceptions around what sales is or what it can look like when it's not some high pressure uh, manipulating thing. Like what is the actual sales call? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one better. I'll, I'll walk you through a sales process that anybody yeah. here can replicate to your perfect audience. But I do, I do think you're right. There is this misconception about sales that first and foremost, you need to break. It's not some sleazy used car salesman trying to get you into the broken down, you know, Chevy that uh, you don't need. To be really masterful at sales, uh, we, we say it's serve over sell. At the end of the day, our job is to serve our clients, whether or not it means to work with us or to refer them to somebody who may be a better fit. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the intention that everybody on your team needs to have is how do I provide value on this call? So I'll kind of walk you through our process from beginning to end. This is a crash course. If we're training somebody new, this is kind of the high level overview. So we always set up the agenda and the rapport. So agenda is, is essentially, um, this is what we're going to do on the call. You know, we're going to cover what is and isn't working in your business. And I tell them straight up, my job is to try to get you clarity around what may be holding you back for growth. If you want to work with us, I'll let you know what that looks like. If not, that's okay too. 
Like, if it's not a fit, I'm going to let you know as soon as possible. If it is, I'll let you know if it, you know, if that is a fit. And then we could talk next steps if that's the case. But either way, my job is to get you clarity. And that's the truth. I mean, the last call that I just got off of before I, I spoke with you, I there was three executives on the call. They were thanking me by the end of the call because I helped them get clarity around some things that they were already trying to figure out and trying to consider. So best sales call you can have is going to provide value. Um, so that's a little bit about the agenda. The rapport is know where they're from. Do a little bit of homework. Like get well, on. I made it easy on you. Yeah. You we were actually <laughs> we were like 45 minutes apart, I which know. is like practically neighbors on the internet. Right. right. So. Oh yeah, totally small world because <laughs> I talk to people from all around the world. So it's like almost rare to talk to a software founder from Maine. But yeah. Yeah, you got to find the common threads, like go on to their profile. Like, let's say we weren't, you know, next next door to each other. It's like, hey, I see you're big into hiking. I saw a couple posts about that. That's awesome. Like, where have you hiked? Have you ever been in Maine and hiked up here? It's quick. It's two minutes of really breaking the wall down and letting them realize that this is just two humans having a conversation and that your goal really is to provide value. So... Next is getting into essentially with us, we ask, you know, why damn? What was it about our, you know, our content, our situation that made you want to hop on the call? What that does is gives your client the opportunity to kind of sell themselves on you. So they might be saying, geez, I saw this article that, that you posted, Chris, about Lifter LMS. I've always been interested in creating a course for myself. This piece of content you made really resonated with me. So you're kind of giving them an, an opportunity to sell themselves. Maybe they have zero context on you. And they're like, I don't know, my, my VP of marketing told me to get on this call. In which case, you want to give a little bit of a background. Have like a little you know, prepared 30-second background to give that context. Maybe it's a referral where now you can bring back, hey, and just like Chris at Lifter LMS, we're going to help you do X, Y, and Z. So that's the whole why Dan or why us, you know, next thing I get into is why now? What are the immediate challenges you're having in the business that made you want to book this call? Again, our job is to find what's painful. And there's a, you know, there's a saying in sales, it's called people are going to tune into WII.FM. What's in it for me? That's all they care about. They don't care about how cool you are and how many podcasts you've been on and how awesome your product is. They care about their challenges and solving those. So if you can figure out those pieces, you're going to be closer to getting to that sale. Um, after that, this is a concept from a book called Gap Selling, and it's stretching the gap. So we always ask, let's say we do work together and we help you crush it out of the park this year, Chris. What does that incredible year look like? So we always want to figure out what their goals are, where they want to be, so then we can kind of reverse engineer where they're at today and really stretch the gap between, okay, so you want to be at 50,000 in monthly recurring revenue, but you're only at 5,000 today. Is that what I'm hearing? So we get into where they want to be. You know, after that, it's really unpacking where they're at today. So we say it's actually uh, results, reality, roadblocks, results that you want to achieve in the next 12 months, reality of your situation today. What are the roadblocks that are holding you back? So I might ask a question like, all right, perfect. So let's say the goal is to 10X business this year, Chris. Go from 5K to 50K monthly recurring revenue. 
What's holding you back from doing that on your own? Notice the little nuance here from doing that on your own. You're already preceding, <laughs> like what's holding you back from doing that on your own? Um, you're again, trying to boil down what is painful to them. There's three reasons you'll get a sale. Like there's three pieces of information you need to get to get that sale. What is their rational impact? What is the rational reason why this would be good for their business? The emotional impact. Why is it good for them as a person or individual? Critical event. How much time do they have? How much money have they spent? How much runway do they have? You get those three pieces of information, you're going to be much closer to getting them to say yes. So we break down, you know, we talk about their funnel. We try to break down, okay, well, what's broken about that? To identify what the top three to five pains are that are the immediate challenges. We don't want like, yeah, I need to hire more people, but wait, you don't even have the revenue to hire them today. We want to talk about what is immediate and painful. And at that point in time, once you boil down these three to five pains, you repeat it back to them. All right, Chris, it sounds like you need repeatable process to acquire new leads. You need a sales process. So then we can systemize that sales process and now hire uh, more sales team, move away from founder-led sales. And we need to figure out your packaging and pricing so you have more tiers of pricing. Is that what I'm hearing? You have them confirm. 100%, that's what I need. Perfect. I've been asking a lot of questions. Where do you want to go from here? So that's, there's no hard close. You're literally unpacking what is broken, what their challenges are, and asking them where they want to go. And, and let me just ask a nuanced question here, which is, and I know because I've been inside SaaS Academy that the value, the goods are there to fix all these problems. So I would imagine as a salesperson, you're like just getting more and more uh, excited and confident because you know you have the solution to help yeah. exactly this kind of person. But they need <laughs> to choose to, to go forward, right? Exactly. I mean, it's, we can have all the blueprints in the world. We can have all the processes in the world. But even we, one thing we tell our clients is like, we're a lighthouse, not a tugboat. You need to swim towards us, not away from us to get the best results. So we're not going to do it for you, but it's kind of like a personal trainer. We'll evaluate your health, figure out what's broken, show you exactly what you need to do, but it's still up to you and your team to do the reps. Is that you? And part of this serving over selling is literally saying like, if that's not you, that's okay, but this may not be the right service for you. Especially if you're talking about coaches, like if they're not looking to solve their challenges, I can't want to solve them more than you want to solve them. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, especially in the coaching world, it's about being a great coach, providing great value, but also making sure you have the right clients. Because Chris, if you didn't implement anything that we gave you, if you didn't ask for help whenever you got stuck, if you didn't come to the coaching calls, show up to the sessions, implement these strategies, it, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have been a moot point. So again, that's part of serve over sell. Our goal and our job is not to get them into something that they're not going to use. It's to get them committed to the outcome. Do you want to hit 50K monthly recurring revenue? Like, that's why you figure out and stretch the gap of where they want to be. I don't know about you, but like, even with me, if I'm not super like uh, overweight, but I'm just a little chunky, I might not be committed to losing weight. 
it's a, it's like sometimes people don't want to make a decision until they get to the point of no return where they're pissed about their situation, where then they want to make a change. It's like we need to get them committed to what does perfect look like? Where are you at now? How bad do you want to get there? But um, yeah, that's a big part of the sales process. And I think for any coach, especially in, in you know, as the conversation progresses, we'll talk about moving from founder-led sales to team-led sales. But you have to have a process for sales or you're, you're going to be introduced to their process for not buying. <laughs> I love that. Well, let's look at uh, let's look at the close specifically. This is a big question I had for you. And especially for coaches out there or even the WordPress professional who's, you know, doing this very high value web platform for somebody. Do you think of like, I want to find out like we've all, there's a lot of sales books out there and close and like sign right here, take the card kind of stuff. But there's also like this, um, uh, this kind of thing where like you, you walk away from the call with no pressure and they close themselves after the call. Like what is working today in your view from what you see working for the actual moment where the credit card goes in? Is this something that happens on the call or something that they do in the quiet of their own home office at, you know, once they've like, maybe there's been a couple follow-ups or something. How does closing happen for high value programs? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, as soon as you start putting pressure on that person, you're going to start losing the sale. You're actually getting further away from the sale. So we say this concept, it's selling on your heels versus selling on your toes. If you're selling on your toes, you're leaning in. Well, hey, how fast do you want to do that? Hey, hey, you should you should join now. That's yeah. going to push people away fast. So again, if you've done a really great job figuring out the personal motivation, the business motivation, the critical event. Okay, so you only have three months and then you have to go get your full-time job again. Got it. You have essentially the ammunition you need to close the sale at the end. Our process, at least, and, and again, the sales process is, is about almost listening to what the objections are and starting to overcome those through the entire sales process. So if they're at the beginning saying, you know, time is my biggest challenge, I'm wearing all hats, I'm working 70 hours a week, you know, I have a family at home, I want to spend more time with them, my husband or my wife is getting really frustrated with the amount of hours I'm working, you already know what the what the objection is going to be. Like the the sales pro is going to start seeding how they can help them overcome those challenges before they even mention the objection. So I'd say that's one part of it is recognizing the patterns and starting to prepare for it before it comes. Um, As you're getting into it though, again, the process is everything because right after we talk about, so these are the challenges, where do you want to go from here? The next step is, well, hey, if there's a catch, it's this. We don't work with just anybody. You have to be humble and hungry. This is not a silver bullet that's going to overnight solve all your challenges. I I want you to understand that that's not what this is. It's a very pragmatic approach to growth. You have to implement. You have to execute. You have to ask for questions. uh, Ask for help if you need it. That's how you're going to get the results. Is that you? So again, instead of trying to have them qualify if you're the right you know, service or coach or software for them, you need to qualify, are you the right buyer for us? Are you gonna implement to get the results out of this? So that's part of it. 
After that, you know, we always go into a model. We talk about what we do with coaching content and community. At the end, we always present a price and immediately ask for the credit card. So the real sale begins when you ask for the credit card. And it's not, hey, are you interested? It's what credit card do you want to put that on? Like I, I tell my reps, it's the difference between asking my daughter. I have a 10-year-old daughter. Do you want vegetables tonight or do you want peas or carrots tonight? Like what card do you want to put that on? Is that a Visa or a MasterCard? Assume the sale. Like uh, just like if you're a grocery store clerk and you just rang somebody up. Is that cash or card? Like how do you want to pay for that? You're not asking, do you want to pay for that? <laughs> so, so really, I think a big part of sales is getting over that fear of even asking because we can't help people until they get into our world and then we're going to over deliver for them. Now getting to kind of the root of the question, which is handling the objection and whether or not to do card on the call or a follow-up. I would say probably 20 to 25% of our sales come from card on the call. First about, call? Yep. First call. We're also doing a lot to qualify that audience. Before yeah, which, which is a big difference than just any call. It's a yeah. qualified call. If yeah. you're doing cold outbound or if this is kind of a colder audience, you typically do a discovery call first and then the demo. Um, but again, different circumstances. Uh, we present the offer. What card do you want to put that on, Chris, to start with a three or four? <laughs> That's when the sale starts. That's when yeah. it begins. Okay. Yeah. Most people, and it's not their fault, most people are going to give you a smoke screen. They're going to tell you. I got to check with the wife. Yeah, I need to talk to my wife. I need to think about it. Yeah. You always want to, it's almost like you never actually try to handle the first thing that they say. You want to test for the smoke screen. So you okay. say, if money is the challenge, all right, let's say money wasn't a challenge. Is there any other reason that you wouldn't get started? If they say no, you know that that's the real reason and that's the objection to handle. Time, I don't know if I have enough time to implement this. Perfect, let's say you had all the time in the world to implement this. Would there be any other reason that we wouldn't get you started today? That's really where you're starting to boil down. Is this the actual reason? So you're, you're, I just wanna key in here uh, for common objections. Yep. You said money, time, decision maker, what else is common reasons that people yeah. put up the smoke screen? Co-founder, not enough money, not enough time to implement. They're interested, but now isn't the right time. Um, I already said co-founder, decision maker, they're not the key decision maker, which is really on the salesperson to make sure that they are the key decision maker within that line of questioning. So how do you and your partner make decisions? So Again, you want to try to overcome these as you're going through this consultative sales process. Uh, those are, I'd say, the big five that you're going to hear. And again, all right, let's say time wasn't a challenge. Let's say now was the right time, Chris. Would there be any other reason you wouldn't get started? Usually that's when they're going to start to uncover and say, okay, well, I really don't know if finances, if, if we have this in the bank. Perfect, Chris. Let's say you had it in the bank. Would there be any other reason you wouldn't get started? <laughs> until they say no, no other reason. It's typically the last thing that they said, which is the actual objection to overcome, okay? Now is where the fun tactical piece of the game comes in. We, our rule of thumb is always ask for the card twice. 
ask for it initially, try to overcome, you know, isolate the objection, try to overcome the objection and ask for the card again. If at that point in time they say no, that's when we back off. So uh, if it's a money objection, again, as long as you've done your homework and figured out what their rational motivation is, emotional uh, impact, critical, uh, critical events, you can start to say, geez, Chris, I'm a little confused. You mentioned you only have four months of runway in the business. You mentioned you've been trying to optimize paid ads for the last five months, and your goal is to hit 50,000 monthly recurring revenue. When are you looking to solve that challenge? Amazing objection handling is about asking amazing questions. And it's kind of like tennis. You don't want to keep the ball in your court too long. You always want to knock it back into their court with a great question. So when are you looking to solve that challenge? What's it going to cost you if we don't work together now? You know, how much time do you have to implement this? Like in terms of if we don't work together, how much time is it going to take you? Analogies are also a great way. I like to tell stories. Hey, I bought a piece of IKEA furniture a few weeks ago. I took like two hours trying to put this piece of furniture together because, you know, silly me, I threw away the instructions. After that, I just peel, pulled the instructions out of the trash, unwrinkled it. It took me 30 minutes once I followed the blueprints. How much faster is it going to, you know, get you to your goals if you're following a proven process, proven blueprints? Again, knocking it back in their court to answer the question. So skillful objection handling is really about skillful listening. And if they trust you because you had a real genuine conversation, they feel that you actually care about their problems. You're not just a number. That's when they're going to be open and honest and real. And again, I mean, it's not going to work every time. Like I said, about 20 to 25% is card on the call for our client, uh, for our team. All the rest, it's usually like, hey, no biggie. When can I circle back with you one way or the other just to see if this is going to be a good fit? How, what is a good follow-up process? Like that's step one, like ask for the, when yep. should I come back? Not I'll hit you in a week, no matter what or whatever. Like what's the, how do you, how do you build a program around follow-up? Great question. And I'm sure you've already gone through our follow-up formula, which are the 12 touch points that you have after every sale, but I'll give you kind of a high level overview for your, your clients here. Um, number one is multi-channel. So some people like to connect on LinkedIn and have conversations there. Some people it's text message. Some people it's, you know, voicemail picking up the phone. Some people it's email. Some people it's Facebook. We use multiple channels for follow-up and it's a very systematic cadence. So typically like we send the proposal email immediately after, um, I, the next day we send a case studies email that has kind of a summary of what we spoke about. Whatever day that they said we're following up on, they get both a text message from me and an email from me that says, Chris, just sent you an email. Today's the day we wanted to, you know, circle back. Just let me know what you think. So we're using multi-channels. Um, we do a, an email that's like taking, and, and I'll, I'll give you another key tip for emails, okay? Like I said, on the sales process, you don't want to sell on your toes. You want to sell on your heels. You'll get higher response rates if you do almost the takeaway close. You say What's things- that? Oh yeah. It's, it's things like, 
Chris, sounds like me, this might not be the best time for you. Should I close out your account? Question mark. Or uh, we actually just came up with this new template. It's fire. It's getting everybody to respond. But it's, am I being too much of a nuisance by continuing to follow up? Question mark. It's not pushy. It's not salesy. It's just like you're trying to get people to make a decision one way or the other. I would rather somebody give me a no than a maybe. So you never want the reason that you're closing lost deals out of your CRM to be stopped responding. It means you did something wrong. You want it to be, you know, maybe now isn't the right time or, or you know, whatever the, the reasons are, you never want it to be because they stopped responding because it typically means that you might've been too pushy. Another key tip for those follow-ups, keep it short and punchy. No more than three sentences make it seem like you're writing to a friend. So it's never like this lengthy, long email trying to convince them why. If you've had a great conversation, they have everything they need. You need to kind of sometimes let it simmer on them. What about a risk reversal? How do you, uh, you yeah. know, just help the, the prospect relax and just, you know, feel like they could double back if it's not, if it doesn't work, yeah. like they expect it or whatever. Good call. So um, that's actually part of our process. If it's a, if we're selling the lower tier program, we always give the full price. So I'll give you two, which is risk re reversal. And then if it's a financial concern, financial concern first, we always okay. give the full price, you know, it's 4,997. What card do you want to put that on to get you started, Chris? If money is in objection, Hey, perfect. That's actually why we offer a, you know, uh, installment plan. 12 months installment, we'll chop it up into 12 payments with a little bit of a finance fee. It ends up being $500 a month. What card do you want to put that on? So you never want to, and then I, you know, last but not least is in SaaS Academy, we offer a 60 day love it or leave it money back guarantee. In Growth Accelerator, it's a 30 day. Consider the Financing, consider the guarantee your aces in the hole. You never want to show all your cards at once. So it's like 4997 what card do you want to put that on, Chris? I don't know. Like, is this really going to work for me? Is it going to work for us? Hey, totally understand the, the concern. Super valid. A lot of our clients have felt that way in the past. Here's what I could do for you. We're, we're going to give you a full 30-day love it or leave it guarantee. So I don't want you to just believe me when I say it. I want you to get in, see the content for yourself, start implementing these frameworks, show up to the coaching calls, ask for help. If you don't believe at that point in time, it's the best investment in your time or money, we'll give you a full financial refund. So again, keep it as that ace in the hole, um, but always like have a really strong value proposition, have those guarantees that you've already vetted out that are in place, use them as part of the objection handlers. If somebody's uh, not really used to like qualifying and let's just say they want to help everybody or whatever, and they just really haven't, maybe they haven't been burned yet by being, doing too many sales calls and not enough closes or getting people into the program that maybe they shouldn't have. How do you, how do you build like, or select your qualifying criteria and, and what, are, how should people think about that? The best way to think about qualifying is, it's kind of the difference between a general doctor and a specialist. I'm telling you, if your clients today are running coaching programs, 
if they're running software programs, they it's so much better to be a specialist. And I'll make the argument as to why. A general doctor has to see everybody. Do you belong here? Do you belong in the ER? Can I treat you? Or should I send, you know, do you have a broken bone and I need to send you to the orthopedic surgeon? They kind of are a catch-all for anybody and everybody. They can't dial in a message that really like resonates. They're, they're charging less than what others do. Now look at the specialist. If I am an orthopedic surgeon, I know who my perfect customers are. You have a broken bone, that's what I fix. If I have a broken bone and I'm the, the patient, I know I want to see an orthopedic surgeon to fix my broken bone. So I've seen clients that, uh, for instance, um, serve like field service workers. Like what is field service? That could be plumbers. It could be electricians. It could be lawn care technicians. But if I'm a plumber and I go to fieldservicecrm.com versus plumbercrm.com, guess which one is going to resonate with me? plumbercrm.com. So it's kind of like if you're trying to serve everybody, you're not going to really resonate a message. You're not going to dial it in for anybody. So I would say first and foremost, that if you don't know who your perfect customers are today, if you're working with customers, start from that pool, figure out out of, you know, the five or 10 or 20 people that I do have as customers today, who is the easiest to sell to? Who is this value proposition the strongest for? You know, at that point in time, you can even dial in your marketing through what's called echo marketing. Talk to them. Record a Zoom call just like this. Say, hey, how has Lifter LMS changed your business? What impact has it had? How do you describe us to your friends or colleagues? It's echo marketing because they'll tell you everything you need to know to develop your hook, your promise, your value proposition. Ask the right questions to your audience. They'll tell you what you need to know. If you don't have an audience today, well, that's where you need to at least start with some theories, what you're going to build, who you're going to build it for, and just get narrow in that. Start with what you're good at already. Start with the field that you're already familiar with. I mean, that's always a great starting point because, like I said, there's everybody wants to be a generalist, but that's what's actually slowing people down from fast traction and growth. Becoming a specialist and then as you grow and grow, now you can maybe incorporate some new audiences. That's the fastest way to get traction. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any advice for people to like get in the zone for sales? Like for me, I like to be standing up. I mean, I work standing up, but like sales calls, sometimes if it's on the phone, I just like to walk yep. or, uh, you know, smile, be outside. Like I'm super focused and uh, I just kind of get in the zone. It's like a different headspace. How can somebody like kind of get in the, get in the zone? Like what advice do you have? Best advice I would give everybody is to develop your morning routine. Like what is your morning routine for success? To me, I like to connect with where I'm looking, like I do with my clients on a call. Where do I want to be in five years from now? Like, why am I doing this? What is my, my why? Because if I connect to that every single morning, and I also use meditation, I read books, I write, I do a little exercise to get my blood working, you know, blood pumping. Those are the things that gets me into the zone. What gets you into the zone might be different than what gets me into the zone. So I would say any person needs to develop their own routine based on what works for them. There's certain podcasts that I listen to 
And if they just get me in that right feeling space, because if you're in the right headspace, then it's like your clients feel that they feel the energy. They feel that you care. They feel you want to help. If you're in a negative headspace, don't expect to, to change other people's worlds if you can't change your own world. So start there. Morning routine. I love that. Um, can Do you have anything you could share like around like the different types of buyers? Like, I don't know, maybe some one that's super logical, another's emotional, or like what are these buyer personas that you run into? I'm going to give you some next level stuff here, okay? <laughs> um, and it's even how we incorporate it into our sales process. And for, you know, first and foremost, what I'm going to tell your audience here is this isn't a step one thing. This is like when you've been doing this for a while and get super granular, you always start, you know, on that high level, 30,000 foot view and you work your way down. Nowadays, we actually get pretty involved. So part of our sales process is right when they book a call, we add somebody on LinkedIn. There's a service called Crystal Nose where you can actually do a disc analysis on your clients. Interestingly enough, I don't know if this is just entrepreneurs in general, but what we've discovered is driver personalities and uh, initiators, um, essentially D and I level personalities are just like 80% of the calls that we have. So these are drivers. These are people who are like alpha type personalities. Um, so again, we tailor to some degree to our personas that we know where we work best for. But here's the other tip. Every, we have, you know, a lot of case studies, handful of video testimonials, case studies. I've done disc analysis on the case studies. So if I know that you're a driver, guess what kind of case study you're getting from me? One that talks about your challenges with another driver personality. So on a subconscious level, it's kind of even resonating with you that way. But I would definitely say that's our persona. And I think just entrepreneur persona in general is typically D or I on the disc wheel. Um, interestingly enough, we've seen something similar for sales personas when we're hiring. There's very much like a persona that, again, I'm not saying if you're you know on the C side of the wheel that you're not going to be a great salesperson, but it's just we're seeing kind of the correlations. That's kind of the next level stuff. But is that what you're asking for? Like what? It... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what are the patterns you see or like, you know, fast to close, slow to close? Like, yeah, I don't know. Somebody who's just more feeling based versus, yep. you know, logical. Like what's uh, like, how do you adapt on the fly to or like I'm originally from the South, so I talk slow, you know, but like somebody from New York might be like really fast and like, yep. like more aggro. Yeah. Like, like, how do you, I don't know, talk about mirroring or what you do with these, the variety. Sure. There's a lot of concepts behind mirroring as in the last thing that they said, repeating back the last four or five words that, that somebody mentioned to you, matching their tonality, matching body language. If they're crossing their arms, maybe you start crossing <laughs> their, your arms. Yeah. If you start, and actually here's how you know if they're paying attention if you do an action and then they start doing that same body language. So um, we do a, to some degree, but honestly, it's more process driven because when you have a really solid process, that's just about serving, that's going to beat out. I would rather teach all of my sales reps the process and how to get good at that 
And then this is the kind of like the disk analysis. This is like the, when you get really amazing at the process, you can start playing around with matching uh, tonality, matching speed. I'd say that's a big one is like how many words per minute. If they're slow and methodical, you might want to slow yourself down to some degree. If they're fast paced and they just want answers, you don't want to beat around the bush. You need to be able to deliver it fast and hard hitting. So I will say that we've definitely seen that correlation with driver personalities. They're usually quicker to make decisions, whether it's a yes or a no, they're not leaving you on the fence. So you can play to those things. Um, I would just say, I wouldn't worry about that if you're just doing founder-led sales and like you're trying to escape out of founder-led sales and build a sales team. I would worry about the, the basics before I got, you know, go from macro to micro. What about the, um, like in the process building, the function of, you mentioned case studies and story. Like there's like, what's in the program? Like, hey, here's what's in the box. We've got some training. We've got these resources. But then let me tell you the story about this other person. There's like, it's really powerful. In fact, I think when I was in your sales process, you sent me some case studies that I was looking at after the call. And it was really in that moment when I was looking at that story that I was like, yeah, I'm in. Like there, it was like the story is really powerful. So what, I mean, is it case studies really what should we should be telling or what, how do we weave the story into the process and which stories are the best? I mean, stories are what sells kind of like why analogies sell. Sometimes it's actually harder hitting than trying to logically explain something. Because like you said, maybe there's a feeling that you get when you can see yourself in somebody else's shoes and see their story is similar to your story. So essentially, we do this in a couple of ways. During the sales process, when we unpack those three to five challenges, we say, okay, activation rates are a challenge. All right, perfect. You actually sound just like one of our clients, Chris at Lifter LMS. You had a very similar challenge with poor activation rates or you know, whatever it is. I don't think that was one of your challenges. But you tell the story about and, and good storytelling is always, what is the situation, the struggle, and the solution? Here's the situation. You know, they had low activation rates. It was a struggle because they weren't converting enough of their clients. We used our activation builder framework. We used our UI UX coach, Joel. Now, actually, they went from, you know, 7% conversions to 27% conversions. What would that do for you and your business if we could help you ac accomplish that? So we tell stories in the sales process. And really, here's the thing is, for any one of the coaches, for any one of the software you know, components out here, there's usually about five major pain points that you might solve. Five real value propositions. All you need to know is five stories for those main five that you might solve for them. Again, now go back to the case studies email that you're getting later on. Now we are super granular because we ask for case studies, we get tons of testimonials, but you might only need five major testimonials to talk about the five major pain points that you solve. So again, that's the also the power of being a specialist versus a generalist. If you're trying to solve everybody's problems, it's, it's not going to be as easy to systematically build a process. If you're just, we're the best at these problems for this audience, now you can boil down your five case studies. It's more meaningful for the clients that you can serve. And what is the virtual close? 
Ah, virtual close. Okay. <laughs> virtual close is, it's two parts in the agenda. Today, Chris, we're going to talk about results, reality, roadblocks, results you're looking to achieve in the next 12 months, reality, your situation today, roadblocks uh, you might be experiencing. If I don't think we can help, I'm going to let you know, because I don't want to waste our time today. If I think we can help, I'm going to let you know what that looks like to work together. Does that sound cool? Yeah. Yeah. You just gave me permission now that if we find that this, it is a good fit, that I can give you the offer. Okay. That's opening up a loop. Now let's close the loop. Yeah. So, Chris, what I'm hearing is this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. Is that right? Yeah. Perfect. I let you know if I thought we could help you, you know, that then I would let you know what that looks like. Luckily, I, I do believe that we can help. These are challenges we help our clients solve each and every day. Where do you want to go from here, Chris? I opened the loop. I told you if we could help, I'd let you know. You gave me permission. Later on, I closed the loop by saying, yep, I mentioned in the beginning of the call, if I thought we could help, I'd let you know. Luckily, I do think we can help. Where do you want to go from here? Not, okay, here's what we do. Right. It's very like non-pushy, just like, hey, where do you want to go from here? If you say, Wendell, this was super awesome, but I'm not interested. Perfect, Chris. Have a good one. We're here when you're ready for us. Like, you can't be needy in a sale. At the end of the day, it's like, you, you have to be certain, certain of what you can accomplish, certain what you can help them accomplish, certainty sells. And it's one person is more certain than the other. Either you're certain you can help and this is the best thing in the world for them. They're certain that this isn't, you know, this isn't a good fit. So a sale is always made. And it's typically the most certain person that's gonna make that sale. They're gonna sell you on why it's not a fit. You're gonna sell them on why it is. That's awesome. My last question for you today, Wendell, what, if you could speak to listening as a salesperson, what are you listening for? Or how do you think about listening when you're engaged in a sales process? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, kind of like what I said before, WIIFM, what's in it for me? Our job in sales is to be amazing at listening to what is frustrating listening to what the true pains are. Because even the smokescreen with the objections, sometimes they give you a smokescreen on what's actually painful. Like they might say it's, you know, I need to hire a VP of marketing. But really the thing that's painful is they don't have a repeatable process around how to generate leads. So it's like you need to dig and ask the right questions and confirm with them. So is that what I'm hearing, Chris? If we could help you build this repeatable customer acquisition engine, a dollar in the funnel turns into $5 at the bottom of the funnel. Is that going to solve your challenges? Is that what you're looking to achieve? Yeah, 100%. Why is that important to you? Like, what would that help you accomplish if we could do that? Do you think we could help you hit that 50K monthly recurring revenue if you had a repeatable process around lead gen? Listening is about really boiling it down and not telling them what their challenges and problems are. Listening and then using that as, you know, to shine the mirror in their face and to say, okay, look, this is what you said is the challenge. Is that something you're looking to fix? How soon are you looking to solve those challenges? I mean, at the end of the day, sales is about asking the right questions. And it's that whole, like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You're really leading them down a path because people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy.
you're leading them down this thought exercise that's all about where do you want to be? Where are you at today? What's holding you back from getting there? Okay, let's say we could help you accomplish that. What would that do for you? You're getting them to think about these things. But again, it, it, it's using their information. It's not using mine. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's not about Dan. It's about them and what they want. And if you can listen to that message, that's how you're going to convert people and essentially get them into to the thing that you do exceptionally well. That's awesome. Well, Wendell Scott, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your sales wisdom with us. It's uh, It's been on my list. To, I wanted to do this for a long time. And you have to understand that um, the first time I met Wendell through a sales process for a coaching program called SaaS Academy, which is designed for B2B software founders looking to scale quickly, I went through a sales process with Wendell, happened to learn he was 40 minutes away from where I lived. So the next time I was in his area going to an airport and had yep. some extra time, I actually called the salesperson and invited him out to dinner together. That's how much, that's what happens in a good sales experience. It wasn't uh it and once I got inside the program, it was awesome. It wasn't I wasn't I was sold something that was even better than what I thought I was buying. And uh that's how sales is supposed to work and you're such a great example of um, just approachable human sales process and just believing in the product and understanding the product, understanding the market, empathetic listening that I wanted to bring you on so others can see how it's really done. Um, go check out SaaS Academy if and only if you're a B2B software founder looking to scale quickly. So thanks for coming on, Wendell. Any final words for the people? Hey, uh, if you're looking for help scaling your B2B SaaS company, just uh, follow us on online, uh, danmartel.com. If you want to download our Rocket Demo Builder, which is going to show you how to give better sales demos, uh, get higher conversions, do it in less time, it's danmartel.com backslash rocket dash demo. So download that free resource. You'll get some amazing value. And Keep on uh, listening to Lifter LMS podcast because it's one of the best, if not the best learning management system out there for uh, the WordPress community. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.